instead of fear being something that should kind of be like left alone and ignored like how we're the type of people where it kind of pushes us into more action like i know i've, I've learned that about myself a lot over the last couple of years is like when i'm scared of something that's the quickest way to get me into you know something productive because the last wow, thing you want to really is just complacent right like you said right. too is you don't want to get into that place of just kind of getting by and you know if i'm in a place where nothing's scaring me then well what's pushing me you know to do things and and you know that's kind of how i've always been as well as like you know why train so hard in the gym well you know you're scared of getting knocked out you're scared of getting beat up so it, it kind of always in a way you could argue stems from you know fear like action kind of has to stem from that fear welcome back dylan nice to have you here today uh it's been a while since we've chatted thank you for joining us uh, to talk a little bit more about how we can actually focus in on on fear, a really big topic of conversation for a lot of coaches, for a lot of athletes out there and how they manage fear and how today, you know, we can talk a little bit about how to take fear and actually use it as a prompt and to use it as, as leverage. So thank you for joining us. You were in Taekwondo and then you went from Taekwondo to MMA. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with you and you were like, I, I'm getting beaten up. Yeah. You said something to that effect. And I like, you're like, you went from like, you're, you're winning, mm -hmm. you're the champ, the best in like, not this club, but this city or whatever, this, you know, nationally, internationally to you're getting the floor wiped with you. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and you said something about what got me was you were like, like you liked it. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Why would, it's it's rare because a lot of times people who are at the top of their game somewhere, there's this feeling, don't you feel that like, I, I can't, I can't like not be good at something. Yeah. And when they're not good at something, they just drop it right away because they have to have this feeling that no, 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 I'm at the top of the game. And I feel like that's like a real form of insecurity actually, if you ask me. That while they're at the top, they're still insecure. They have to feel like they're the best. And it's an insecurity that they have. You sought out moments where you're like the worst in the group. And you're like, I'm enjoying it. Explain that. I yeah. get it. It's a good question. I think for me, it's, it's, I think when you go through a journey where you start off like very beginner level and then, you know, like I, I wasn't, naturally gifted in many ways when it came to fighting and i kind of like worked myself to getting from a place of being you know like you said the worst in the gym to right. not only the best in the club but the best like out there right going through a journey like that how can i be scared of being bad in something else because i know that you know i've i've done it before in other things right so like the the ingredients are there i just know that maybe the recipe is different this time around it's a different thing i'm looking to make but i know that like I have it in me too if I wanted to fully commit to something, yeah. take it as far as I want to. And I think that's why it's less daunting because I know, hey, like it might suck now, but give it enough time if I really want to do it this way, like I can get there. And then at the same time, there, there's like a nice feeling about like learning again, you know, like not just being at the top and just kind of not coasting, but really thinking about like high level, like small differences and then having to be a beginner and like just start fresh at the drawing board and like, be completely new at something like there's something interesting about figuring out those bigger problems that haven't had to be figured out in a while yeah that's that's what struck me as interesting because like you said 
even when you went through the Taekwondo journey, you had to figure it out. You weren't necessarily the best the, the first day that you came in. And that's what I was curious about. I was like, you've already been through this once. Why are you doing this to yourself again? So when you were going into MMA, were you doing it because you were like, I need something to challenge me? Or were you like, you knew you were going to be at the bottom of this thing. So there's a difference. This time you're going in, you almost, like you said, you had an agenda, right? And you, you actually sought out a moment where you're at the bottom of the, the, the back of the pack. Whereas a lot of people find themselves at the back of the pack without the agenda to get in, to go to the back of the pack. Everybody's looking for, um, getting to the front of the pack. The agenda is to get to the front of the pack. Your agenda was to get to the, to find something where you were at the back of the pack and then work your way forward. Whereas people find themselves at the back of the pack without that agenda to get there. And they're like, this sucks. Whereas you're like, no, no, no. Here's what I get out of being at the back of the pack. What were those things when you moved from one sort of art to MMA and you found yourself, what were those when you say high level things? What were the things that you were searching for that would that you would gain by being at the back of the pack? Yeah, it, it's a good question. Like, again, I, I don't know if I was deliberately seeking out something that I knew would be like a totally different challenge or else okay. I probably would have done something aside from martial arts. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you learned quickly that, oh, gosh, these guys are way better. Oh, yeah, way different. I think, I think growing up, like, as a fan of MMA and yeah. UFC and stuff like that, it was always something I wanted to do. And right. as I, you know, fought for years and years in Taekwondo I, and I was kind of, becoming a little bit less satisfied with it. The things that were bothering me about the sport were things I knew I could find in something like MMA with okay. the, you know, kind of full contact, a little bit more freedom with what you could do. You could take people down, you could punch, like all those other things. So right. for me, it was, it was almost like worth being at the bottom, knowing that the results of climbing my, my way up, like the quality that comes from that would be so much more gratifying too. So it was almost taking a, some of the ingredients that I had and knowing, hey, like, some of this stuff will translate really well. Right. A lot of this probably won't translate at all, but let me see kind of what I can do. So it was this interesting thing of like, kind of like half being at the bottom because it wasn't the same as starting off with like no experience in martial arts at all. Right. But at the same time, it's tricky because it, it's almost tougher to go into something where you're like half good at it. Because yeah. like little things, like there was a sliver of it that I could do really well, which is the kicks and the movement and the timing and stuff like that. But then there's a whole world of things that I just really had to figure out for the first time. So I think rather than just going into something completely blind, right. having a little bit of expertise and like a slim part of a bigger picture right. made it tough to navigate as well. It's like, okay, there's things I'm really good at. There's things I'm really bad at. Like I had to selflessly, I guess, not do the things I was really good at and do more of the things I knew I had to learn. Like if I was, let's say sparring, mm. I could keep my distance and throw some kicks and like that would make me feel good from like an ego perspective. And there were times where I definitely started doing, doing that right. because I'm like, okay, I don't want these people to think I'm just, you know, whatever. I want to show them that like, I know what I'm, I'm what I'm doing, I but then here. exactly. But then what am I learning? Right? Like I had one of the coaches too pull me aside and say, well, we know you can do that. You know, you can do that. Try the other stuff. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, let me put that to the side, build up the rest so of it. So even you yeah. started st initially, and you can't help it because you got to lean on your strengths. You want to be able to s compete. Mm -hmm. But even you stayed away from, let's just call it the areas of improvement because you were staying in, in the areas that you were comfortable. It's so natural 
it's natural to do that until a coach comes along and yep. tells you, um, take some chances here. It's going to hurt at first. Mm-hmm. And so you did that. Were there things, do you recall? I mean, it's not too long ago too. I mean, it's maybe. Yeah, not too long. Not too long ago. Do you remember um, things that you really found hard just to, to still in struggle with anything? <laughs> uh, like that, that was really, t- that you couldn't, you couldn't pick up. Like relative to the rest of the group. Yeah. You were, what, 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 was there anything like that? I would say less from a striking. I would say jujitsu is like a very tough yeah. martial art, especially in, in what I found kind of my challenge with it is it, it's not a linear process of learning the way that striking is, right? Like, for example, I mean, obviously, you know, the way Taekwondo works is you learn, you bend your knee, you turn your foot, you extend, and then you can turn that one kick into a combination of kicks. And it's very like A to B to C. And like that was how I was conditioned to like learn things. There's okay. step one, there's step two, there's step three. Whereas jujitsu, it, it's someone explained it to me. It's like, it's like a branch of things. Like you learn one thing and it opens up a whole branch of, of other things. So you go from one class to the next and they're not building on what you learned the last time. They're just showing you different moves. And it's kind of your job to put those pieces together and figure out kind of how to make it work. And for me, having so many years in a martial art that was very linear, like this is the step, this is the combination, yes. two things equal this you thing. You start here, you stop here. Exactly, right. to go into something so fluid and so like, okay, I need to like remember this and like do it on my own and whatever. Like that was definitely a challenge because I was like almost waiting on the step-by-step instructions instead of yeah. just being present and being like, well, if I just go to every class, I'll figure it out eventually. And, and so eventually you say that you would you were able to kind of get comfortable and you grew out of that and you, you that that sort of area of weakness you strengthened it right um were there areas that you were just like why can't i get this yeah like still honestly even with that same kind of like jujitsu pathway like you know i just stopped like i, I wasn't able to do it consistently and that's something I've learned about myself that I struggle with a lot is I'm like really all or nothing. Like yes. for me, if I'm doing something, yeah. I want to be like the best. I want to go like every single day or I'm like doing something completely different. It's tough for me to like ease my way into things and be like, you know, let me go twice a week. Because for me, it's like, well, that's not going to get me like where I want to be. I need to go twice a day. Right. But it's not realistic. And then when I can't kind of get to that level, right. I'm like, okay, this isn't working. Like, what else can I do? So right. even something like that, it's not something I was able to figure out because I just, I wasn't able to go as consistently as I guess I would have wanted to. And something like that, I mean, you have to go like at least a couple times a week just to like figure it out sure. where I was kind of like, well, if I've only got, you know, an hour, a couple hours throughout the week, I'd rather do like the Muay Thai training and stuff that I know I can spar and be a little bit better at. So I kind of, had to make the choice to go that that route as well. But again, that's something that I kind of learned about myself, which I already knew, but I was more challenged recently because I didn't have as much time to give into what I wanted to do, like passion-wise, mm. is I have to find a little bit more balance of doing what works instead of what in my mind I think is like the best way to do it because that's not always the realistic way. So that, that that's interesting, right? Because now circumstance, you know, um, doesn't permit you to go twice a day mm-hmm. to say maybe that's circumstance and then and because of that now you know you're not going to get that result that you're used to seeing constantly and that leads to a decline in the morale level to even pursue it mm-hmm. further and give up on something 
um does you know and and i think that's where like i think even as we get older even as as you know as an athlete or whatever you just not can't do the stuff that you you could do or you struggle with something that you're like i shouldn't struggle with anything there's nothing i've ever struggled with um a lot of people like say myself who would look at you from the outside you never look like you struggled with anything and uh it just seemed like it just came to you but a lot of people don't appreciate just how much effort that has to go into it like you talked about two times a day not two times a week mm-hmm. and still till today master Faraz talks about how you get out of it what you put into it but sometimes you put something in and you're just not getting the results back right mm-hmm. um was that was there something like that where you were putting in the effort not it wasn't that you didn't have time you were putting in the effort but you're just not getting dylan like results anymore and you it starts to make you question yourself like wait a second am i even dylan <laughs> you know like does have you, since we've talked and since you've gone through this um have you experienced anything like that in this in this part of your journey i think for me again it's it's less now about being able to put 100% into something and then being frustrated by not seeing the results what frustrates me is kind of the opposite which is like not being able to put 100% into something and that's you know why i you know stopped competing when i did you know back in the day was like i i'm not at a place anymore where i can fully do it and if i can't fully do it, it you know i I don't deserve then kind of the success of that, that my dreams would be to, to kind of not be in it. So there's a ton of things and there's always opportunities that come up. So I'm like, man, I would love to to do something like that. But I know in the back of my head that's frustrating, like, but it would take something from me that I just can't give right now, right? Like I was talking to a, a friend the other day who I know from, from Taekwondo, he was on the national team too. And I was, I was talking to him about the same thing about, cause I know he owns uh he owns his own Taekwondo school, but he trains in other things like jujitsu muay thai whatever and i was telling him like that's what frustrates me is doing something that i know if i put everything into it i could be really good but just not you know being able to and he kind of told me like well what he does is he just lowers his expectations he's like i have no desire to compete like he's a little bit older than me yeah he's like i don't want to compete like i've already done that i've done that whole thing now i just want to like learn and i just want to train to train and for me like i'm so far from like where i used to be where that was my mindset and now it's everything has to be like goal oriented right like if i'm doing this it's for this bigger thing and i think i've lost track of the well there's just a beauty in like training to train because for me going back to the whole kind of ocd like i need to do it perfectly it's right well what's the point of me training a little bit if i know that if i put everything into it i could be like a champion again and it's like well that's just not where i'm at right now and i don't even want to because i have other things that you know kind of demand my time but is it worth not doing it all together and missing out on the lessons along the way, which ultimately are the more important ones than a belt or a, you know, a trophy in your hands. That's interesting that you say that because, um, we live in a world, especially when you're competing where, you know, when you get to that top of that podium and you, you get the goals, you hit the goals, um, you're driven by it. There's this singular focus. There's, let's just call it purpose. And if there's no purpose, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. You can't just be floating around there, Dylan, out here. Like you say that to yourself at some point, that what's the point of all this? And at that moment, when there isn't that goal, there isn't, um, like you started saying it yourself right now, where 
you're like, oh no, like you talk about the the success in the journey itself, mm -hmm. right? But that doesn't happen just like that. There's a transition moment between, um, wait, I don't have a goal. What's what's the goal? So when you started getting to that point, when you started experiencing that, that I can't hit these goals because of whatever circumstance, I've got to change how I'm looking at it. What did, what did that, did you just accept it that, oh my gosh, now, like, was this this feeling of like, I'm not the person I used to be? So you're settling for a lesser version of yourself? Is that how it looks at first? Yeah, I don't know. I think for me, it's tough too because I'm younger, right? And I almost feel like there's so much ahead of me, right? If I wanted to, and, and it always goes back, if I wanted to, but again, I, I think it is, it's it's changing the goal from doing one thing and putting everything into that one thing and, and going back to just wanting to be like the best version of myself that I can be. And I think that that's one thing that kind of helps me be a little bit more balanced is it's like, I'm not going to the gym to be like, you know, a professional weightlifter, but it helps me be more energized. It helps me be a little bit more focused. It helps me be more in shape. So it's like looking at the other things kind of in the background that it helps with, as opposed to like, well, what if I did this thing professionally? But don't tell me you didn't notice when you were going through this change here that the guys, there are now people ahead of you mm -hmm. because they either had the time or whatever, and they were focusing and they're there and they're like, crushing it in the gym mm -hmm. or at Muay Thai or at Jiu Jitsu and you're like feeling this feeling of being kind of being left behind like losing ground mm -hmm. do you ever feel that yeah I think for me one thing that I've noticed a lot ever since I stopped competing too is this almost fear of like being normal you know yeah. I think there's a lot yeah, of, a exactly. lot of athletes that I talk to are like that as well which is like the identity crisis you kind of go through where it's like well if I'm not Dylan the fighter and the national team and whatever like you know we you know what am i left with right and there's this fear of like just being average and i think too that's you know to your point of when you're no doing something everyone else yeah right but when you're doing something feeling. normally i guess at like a normal pace and you see other people excelling and you're kind of again like you said not moving along at that same pace it's kind of like well you know does that just make me like one of the one of the regular group you know what i mean instead of like the high performance yeah it's a it is a, a changing of the priorities i guess it has to be more of like internalizing the fact that that's not you know the value doesn't come from being a high performance athlete anymore the value just comes from i guess the lessons you learn as you do things but it, it wasn't easy like it took me a no, long bro, time come on there's a let's just call it a high or something that you feel like the other day i put i um i pulled my back or something and i i couldn't play something for three four days and then i thought to myself Oh my gosh. And someone said, Hey, you're just getting older. Yeah. Relax. And I was thinking, no, no, no. I don't want to go out like this. Just bury me now. I don't want to go through this whole like where I'm sitting and finally fading away. I just want it to end right here. I don't want to see, I don't want to experience that. And I feel like that must be even harder for guys that are way ahead to sort of like feel like this, like you're slowly losing ground. Mm hmm. And it's depressing, actually, a little bit. Um, you, you, you don't automatically say, well, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn from that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's tough. It's tough. Like, there's a lot of, like you said before, you're able to kind of rationalize, like, the positive side of it. You have to first 
you know, come to terms with like, there's something here that sucks. You know what I mean? Like there's times, I mean, there'll be like big- It does suck. Take one dough competitions yeah. that are televised and, and I'll watch it with, you know, either by myself or I'll share some clips with my old teammates or whatever. And there's for sure, you know, times where I'm like, man, you know, these people are at the top, like, come on, yeah, you know, like, you know, guy. exactly too. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is, it is tough. And before you can, I guess, find like the optimistic kind of side of, of the whole thing, like you, you are kind of faced with that, that part of it that just sucks. And then you have to figure out like, what do I do with this? Cause if I just kind of sit in this feeling, I'm not going to be any fun. That's for sure. I think one of the things that I've always told you, I think that makes you special is that you're one of the people who I find is the quickest of the ones that I know out there to, we talked about turning fault or falls into leverage. You find ways to very quickly use that as leverage. Um, I think that's, that's what I admire probably about you the most, um, that you're quick to turn it to leverage. And what I really would love to, to, to understand with you is that although it happens for you for a short bit of time, it does happen. And for different people, it's different time, different times that it takes. Um, a lot of people I feel want to shorten the amount of time that it takes, right? To turn it into leverage. Mm -hmm. So I guess the, my, my thought is, is that a, does it happen as frequently for you as it does for others is one thing that I'm curious about. Fall downs take place a lot for me, a lot for people out there, but we stay fallen. Let's just say we cry over that spilt milk. You know, the water doesn't get under that bridge so quickly for us. Whereas for you, you're like water on the bridge or you're like, yeah, what am I going to do about this? You process that very, very quickly. I notice, but it still happens for you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and what I'm wondering is, is that, you know, are there times and like, you know, yeah, you're older now, you're not going to be that, that's because you just can't put in the time life is happening. <laughs> right. Um, has your, do, do you still use the same strategy? Do you feel like you're able to leverage things as quickly still, or is it starting to take a little bit longer for you to go, oh man, that adjustment didn't just happen like that. You just, for example, you moved somewhere and then you moved back before. It's like, if you want something to happen, it happens. Mm -hmm. Now it's starting to take longer to happen. Do you notice that? Yeah. I think for me, like the reason why. I can do that so quickly and it's not a natural thing. It's not like, oh, I was just born with this like ability to, to be optimistic. I think it's just a repetitions thing. I think, you know, by default, we're kind of hardwired to worry about- So you weren't always like this? No, 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 no. Come all. on, this is the only way I know you. No, and, and again, like I said, it, it was like years and years and years of, of consciously and subconsciously, mostly subconsciously, like just- getting those repetitions in until the point where my kind of like path of least resistance, like the way that my brain works just kind of takes me there first. Right. But it wasn't always like that. And, and it actually started like my ability to, I guess, you know, self-talk my way into a negative to a positive came from being really anxious. Like as a kid, like mm -hmm. I would worry about everything. Like I, I remember one of my earliest memories of this too, was like being on the you know, track and field team. And I was like elementary school. Yeah. And I used to work like anything that I couldn't control. I was like the first one to worry about it. Like, yeah. you know, anything. And I remember the coach that was supposed to meet us at the school was like late. And, you know, my way of, cause again, I was like really anxious and my mind was, was spinning. And the only way for me to kind of like 
calm myself down was I, w- I would just like tell myself these lies of like, well, you know, maybe he's late because he went to like stop for coffee. And, and if he has his coffee, he'll be a little bit more like energized. And then like, I'll get more out of him because he's better this way. So it was my way of like justifying like the unjustifiable, which is the reality is he's just late. Right. But my back end defense mechanism to like make myself feel better was, well, I, I would tell myself this story. Well, maybe he's again, maybe he slept in, but maybe he needed it because he would have been too tired. And right. So it, it really started from a place of me being so anxious that I had to like tell myself these stories of how it actually works out better because of that. And, you know, that was at, hmm. I don't know, seven, eight years old. So from there- You're going to trick yourself. Exactly. And then over time, it's become kind of my default of as soon as something bad happens, I go right into now, all these years later of, it just kind of spiders out of like all the different things that could be good that kind of come from that thing. So again, it didn't just start as me just being this like positivity guide. It became, I was actually very like worried and anxious and, and you know, any little thing that could go wrong would freak me out. So it was this defense mechanism of trying to tell myself a story about how it would be kind of better. Yeah. And then over time, like you just like anything, you get your reps in like over and over and over again, thousands of times. Now it's become more authentic and I'm able to kind of put the pieces together quicker. And as soon as something happens, I kind of quickly go into the, okay, but this is why it's better. And, but still like that still stems from the anxiety around it, right? It's not just like, because it's fun to be positive is because if I'm not thinking about that, then I'm going to be worried about like what the the back end result of this could be if it goes wrong. So it's still, I think, driven by that insecurity of, you know, if I just leave this, maybe it's just a bad thing. It's like convincing myself that there's good things to come out of it. But, you know, the cool thing is that most of the time, like that's how things do work. So that part of that anxiety is still active. Mm-hmm. It's still there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm con- like, I'm, I'm constantly you still, worried. You still worry, but you just get a lot. You're quicker to turn that worry into something else. Yeah, well, if you're not, if I wasn't worried about something, then I wouldn't have that. I wouldn't have anything to turn into That's something the being problem. positive. You know what I mean? That's like the problem exactly. And yeah. like whether it's things that push or be scared. Like even now, I just moved back to Toronto from Ottawa again. Right. Like different city. Like rent is yeah. crazy expensive and all that. And, and again, like there's those those fears like factors. there wasn't gravity our legs would be weak yeah the, the, the fear factors <laughs> like, kick in yeah. and for me again it's okay but you know this is going to push me to work harder it's better network whatever so but it's not just isolated kind of optimism like it stems from that kind of gut punch of okay i'm scared of you know xyz and then my next response is not like an instantaneous thing but it's pretty close that's when my next response is okay i can dwell on this or I can just think about, you know, the multiple ways in which this is better, focus on those things. And like I said, more often than not, it does work out to be something better. What did you notice before you started doing this? Self-talking yourself in a, in a, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it didn't, that, that, that's not where you started. That's somewhere around the middle to the, to the end. Uh, what was happening? Did you notice when you weren't doing that? Cause you weren't at some point. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't able to focus properly. You know, I remember my first, my very first Taekwondo tournament with Authentic. I remember we were driving in the car. We were going to uh, to Waterloo. The tournament was in Waterloo. And, I, and my mom had made me double check all my gear before we left. And I was like, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. And then I realized kind of halfway through, like my chest, I didn't bring my chest protector, which is like Mom's the genius. biggest thing you need, right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, and I'm freaking out. And she's freaking out. Like I definitely got my like 
anxiety tendencies from her. So she, we're both freaking out. And then, so we call Master Farah yeah. and we were kind of like frantic, like, oh God, for, you know, Dylan forgot his chest protector. What are we going to do? And he's like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, we'll just borrow from, from somebody. Like one of the teammates is there, we'll just borrow. And it was like, okay. So we just went and I just borrowed a chest protector from one of my teammates that was there and it was fine. But again, to be left in that kind of high anxiety, like big worry without having something to fix it or like resolve that feeling. Yeah. It's just like, it's distracting. It's hard to focus on the task at hand because, you know, your mind starts to wander into all these different reasons of why it could go wrong. So it's hard to be in the neutral space. I find, at least for me, it's either things are going wrong and that's the spiral or this can turn into something great and I force myself to kind of spiral upwards. I, I think it's tough to kind of just be neutral and like not think of it, not think of it at all. Um, I was with someone the other day and they said, we were we were looking at a situation that said what's the best that can happen <laughs> and i was expecting you know when they first started what's the yeah i was expecting to say what's the worst that can happen and then we plan from the worst to try and make the worst case better but she automatically went to what's the best that can happen and in in, the, in just a moment we started on the other side of the situation and um i was like I got to do this more often. Mm -hmm. What's the best that can happen? Start there and stay focused there. But quite often, I think we live in a, I don't know where we learned this from, but like you said, you learned it somewhere, mm -hmm. right? It's like, what's the worst that can happen? Oh no, if you don't have a chest protector, it's the end of the world. Yeah. Well, you can always borrow one, right? But we stay there in, in like, like you said, and we spiral. Um, and so it, it's happened to you regularly in the past. Recently, have you found yourself that you're you're now, like you said, you're solving for it, but it's not solving. Like it's not, you're trying to fix it in your head. You fixed it. Like, you know, like you go there pretty quick. Yeah. Um, you solve for things and you try to check, okay, got it. Okay, we're on our way now, right? Like you get this, It's you start building momentum yeah. in that direction. Have you noticed at times, Dylan, that you're trying, you're just trying but you're not building the momentum towards something. You feel you're not spiraling down because you're not being negative. You're being positive. But the change is not taking place. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that happening? Either for you, you coach people, you notice it happening for them, they're not getting the results. Yeah. That's really frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating because, you know, there's only so much you can do in a short amount of time and see like results that you're probably looking for that take a little bit longer of a time. And there's, there's a big trust factor, right? So it, it's, how do you convince yourself of something that you know you're not going to see right away? And I think that's the problem too, is now- you know, It does show up on time. Yeah. yeah, especially now, everything nowadays is very like instantaneous. You know, you want something, it's very quick to be able to go out and get it. Stuff like this, you have to reserve that a little bit. You have to go, it might not happen now, it might not happen, in a month or a year, whatever, like you have no idea. So that's the tricky part too, is it's like this- That leads to anxiety, don't you feel? <laughs> yeah, it's like the thing that I'm saying is the positive kind of next step. Who knows when that's gonna happen? That there's no, there's nothing, you can't look out and, and reach out and kind of grab it. You're just kind of trusting. And I think that's what makes it tough as well. A lot of the- 100%. It's like, you're kind of just hoping for it, yeah. but the negative seems a lot more real then, you know, you can kind of really see it behind you creeping in, then this kind of positive spin that who knows when it's going to happen, if at all. So right. The challenge is, I guess, just 
trusting that process. And, you know, for me, I guess one of the reasons why I'm able to trust that process a little bit better yeah. is because it's easier to look back and notice times it's happened before instead of just look forward. So what I mean is like when you say, and people say this all the time, everything happens for a reason, right? Okay. And I've gotten into debates with it's my friends too over this. Exactly. It's like, well, how do you know? It, yeah. It's just something to say, right? right? For me, I'm a big believer in that, but it's a valid point. It's like, well, how do you know? And how do you know it's not just something that you say to make you feel better? It's like, well, at least again, my way of of thinking about it is you how many things can you look back on from the past? I mean, even for you, how many things have happened over the years that in the moment felt like either the end of the world or even just on a lower spectrum, just something that was just no good. And it just felt like a loss or it felt like something bad that looking back on it now, all these years later with your insights, you can kind of look back and go, well, in the moment it felt really bad and I was scared and I was anxious and whatever. But if that didn't happen, well, it wouldn't have led to this and this and that other thing. And now I'm actually kind of glad it did because for something that felt so gut-wrenching in the moment, kind of became the thing that led me to better things, right? I'm so- I'm gonna challenge you on that. Yeah. It's called hindsight, mm -hmm. right? And it's 2020, because now you can connect what happened. Mm -hmm. Although, by the way, what happened, it was just one possibility. Mm -hmm. It could have gone wrong. It could have done so many things. There could have been luck involved. So, but- Today's circumstance, the issue with today's circumstances, I find, and I've gone through this and a lot of people go through this, I think, is it's not the same. The, the circumstances are different. So when you, I, I, yeah, exactly. When you say, hey, look back on a time when you struggle, you thought, I've said the same thing too, but this is not the same circumstance. Mm -hmm. So now what? You know, it's possible, you know what I mean? And, and I guess for me, the way I take it is if you're going to be biased, mm. I would rather choose the bias that kind of fulfills what I want more. Like there's no, I don't think there's a way to be completely objective in anything, right? right? So, so like you said, delusional too, yeah. you're dreaming. Mm -hmm. the you're being unrealistic. The difference for me is is the fact, I guess, and, and again, this is just my take on it, but the reason I kind of have that more grounded than it being just delusional is because you can look back and see it's anchored in reality, right? Even though it's past, and like you said, it's hindsight, you could have connected those dots to kind of serve that purpose. You could say, well, you purposely connected those dots to prove your point. But again, there were negative things that came from it that you didn't acknowledge. Mm -hmm. I guess my take is, listen, if I'm gonna be biased a little bit, which I don't know if anyone can totally shake, I'd rather my bias be self-fulfilling. I'd rather my bias be a little bit more encouraging to help me get through whatever this thing is than to be a realist. And, and at the end of the day, even realists are going to be clouded by their own judgment at that point as well, preventing them from taking those next steps. So yeah, you could connect those dots, I guess, any way you want to tell the story you want to tell. Right. I'm in a moment where I need some of that reassurance. I'm in a moment where I do feel scared and anxious and nervous, and I need some sort of you know encouragement that can't just come from somebody else has to be authentic. Yes. I'll connect those dots in a way that reminds me like, well, that bad thing led to other good things. So what makes this current bad thing any different? And it's, I guess, my strategy, again, going back to that whole stemming from the anxiety to turn it into something purposefully, as opposed to it being just, oh, naturally, I just think this way and I've always thought this way. It's, it's just not the case. I think that's, that I think is really empowering. You know, a lot of times mm, you're a coach, um, coaches are needed. Like that's exactly the purpose of the coach sometimes. It's like, literally, you're like, oh, I didn't just make you taller or mm -hmm. faster 
you didn't, you know, you didn't gain or shed dis- you, you're the same person. All the, ch- all the changes, I said something to you, right? And there, there they are. But that's a big thing. When we don't have that coach present, we got to be our own kind of coach, right? And we, and this is how to coach ourselves. At the end of the day, that's the role of the coach, right? To, to sometimes say to us sometimes that something that we don't even see in ourselves, they saw it. But when that coach is not present, how do we self-coach, mm-hmm. right? We call it self-talk. It's, it is self-coaching. And, you know, I've heard sometimes people, one of my favorites is, you know, it's not that we aim too high and we miss the target, but that we aim too low and we hit the target. Yep. So like you said, you know, I wonder if that's, um, you called it, you called it, you referred to it as bias right now, that if I'm going to be biased, why don't I bias myself to a higher target than bias myself to a lower target? Because we're likely going to sell, we're going to fulfill our, our, what we envision. And that's mm-hmm. very true for many people, no matter what they think their level of power is, right? So I, I like how you said that. You, you call it a bias. And I love that you also acknowledge that who is actually a, a thousand percent objective. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be biased, at least be biased this way. Yep. Um, but even for those who, and, and I think that's really a very consistent pattern with you that I noticed that I think is amazing. Like you, you it's almost like uh, some people think that you're not acknowledging the other side, but you are acknowledging the other side. You know that it's a real possibility that it's there. So there is still that fear in that moment still. Does it ever really go away? It, I don't think it can. I mean, you can't, you know, it's kind of this funny thing, right? Like the more you try to plug your ears and block things out, like the stronger they're going to get. Right. right. You can't, you can't just pretend something doesn't exist and, and have it go away. That's how things get bigger. Right. So it's really about <laughs> acknowledging it first to make it a little bit less scary because something you acknowledge is going to be a little bit less scary than something you don't acknowledge. So you mean an example of when it happened to you. So when you acknowledge something that you're afraid of and it became less scary, how's that possible? Like, yeah, like, you know, even I'm trying to think like during COVID, you know, like things were shut down at, at the time I was kind of juggling a bunch of things. I was working at a restaurant. I was, you know, trying to run mine loggers a few years ago. And there was times where it was just everything was shut down. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there were moments where I was like, I remember there was a second kind of lockdown, even the third, it wasn't the main one. It was like one of the yeah. bumps they did. It was just for January. It was like just a January thing. And I remember like they told us that like everything was going to be shut down for January. And I was like, well, okay, I'm kind of screwed now because I know that like, you know, most of my income is coming from the restaurant. This is going to be shut down. I got to like, I have to figure something out because if I just do nothing and like sit on my hands and accept it, like I'm going to be in a pretty bad situation. So the first thing was actually just like, again, recognizing that to myself and not just saying, oh, it's a bad thought. I'm not going to think about that right now. I'm not going to think about it. Because if you're not thinking about it, you can't solve it, right? So kind of taking right. that from the shadows and bringing it up and saying, okay, I see this. Like I'm not, I'm less scared because I'm thinking about it. I'm talking about it, whatever. And then turning that into some sort of problem solving around, okay, here's what I can do about that within the things I can control. And then going and tackling that head on. But that's an example, again, of if you just, or if I had just buried that because it's a, you know, it's a bad thought, it's negative, I wouldn't have given myself any way to get out of it. Yeah. Right? So I think sometimes too, you have to like really figure out what's the thing that scares you and like look at it head on because even, you know, taking it out of, you know, this con- context and putting it into even just fighting and competing, 
you're going to have to fight the person. Like, it doesn't matter how big and tall and scary they are and how experienced they are. Like, you're going to have to fight. So if you just close your eyes the whole time and you just kind of open your eyes when it's time to fight, that's worse because you're just seeing them for the first time. If you watch the film and you prepare a little bit, it's, it's nerve wracking to watch them do their thing maybe. But then by the time it comes to facing them in the ring, I've seen it before. I'm less scared because I've exposed myself to it, right? So I think if you just close your eyes and block your ears and expect things to go away, they're just going to get bigger and bigger until you just never want to open your eyes again because it's it's too much. I think it's profound. Like you become desensitized by just looking at it just more. Mm-hmm. It just becomes more normal because it's just more present now. Um, yeah, I I I, uh, I really like that. That um, as you. As a fighter, you can say that that's what you faced with a person, but in life, it's it's very transferable. That it it happens, and it happens <laughs> when you talk about going from being a fighter to uh, making rent, to having enough money to put food on the table, to um, at building your business. Um, I think that all kind of like plays in. So I really really appreciate that. Uh, Again, you take the time to come out and to talk through these things with you because every time I think we talk, it's another phase, right? That yeah. you're experiencing. <laughs> you know, there was that whole transition from, you know, uh, you know, Taekwondo to thing. And then now there's, I think like in these other phases, even as a coach right now, as you go through more and more of it, you know, you are helping others. They may come this time that you tried to help somebody and then you couldn't. And then there'll be that and, and, and working through that and, and what you learn through it. So those obstacles, um, not that I would wish that sort of, you know, uh, not failure, but fall on anybody. Uh, but it's through those that really you, you, you just come out even more uh, developed. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're you, talking you, about. Yeah. What are you looking forward to next? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about that before too, right? About how, you know, instead of fear being something that should kind of be like left alone and ignored like how we're the type of people where it kind of pushes us into more action like I know I've I've learned that about myself a lot over the last couple of years is like when I'm scared of something that's the quickest way to get me into you know something productive because the last thing you want to really is just complacent right like you said too is you don't want to get into that place of just kind of getting by and you know if I'm in a place where nothing's scaring me then well what's kind of pushing me, you know, to do things. And, and, you know, that's kind of how I've always been as well as like, you know, why train so hard in the gym? Well, you know, you're scared of getting knocked out. You're scared of getting beat up. So it, it kind of always in a way you could argue stems from, you know, fear, like action kind of has to stem from that fear. I remember, you know, Master Pharaoh was telling us there was one time after class, he wanted us all to get like training journals, right? And it's funny because I, I do this now with all my athletes. I get everybody to, to journal, but he wanted us to just write stuff down after practice. And you know, I think for all of us, we were kind of like, yeah, it's a cool concept, I guess. But the reason why I did it was because I was scared of what would happen if next week when he asked to see them, I didn't have one, right? right? So anyway, long story short, I was the only one that got one and did it. And it was something I stuck with for like years and years after. It was one of the most beneficial tools I had, but it didn't stem from my own insight of like, this is a good thing. I was more just like, well, I'll get it because I don't want to deal with what's going to happen when he tells me, hey, let's see it. And I don't have one. Right. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think fear, um, I always say like fear, it's it's not fear that's the problem. It's the despair and the paralysis of, of, of going into that mode 
which is the problem. But I love how you're, uh, you focus on, you focus on fear and you use fear as leverage. You use fear as the prompt. Um, and that, that it's more of a beginning rather than an, than an end to things. So, uh, so I really appreciate that you taking the time. Every time we, we get together, we chat, there's something else that, that comes out of it for me. And that's probably like the, the biggest highlight of today's, you know, conversation really that I, that I really appreciate you for. So thank you for coming out today, man. Thanks, man. Those are great. Like, always, <laughs> I like the, I like the ambiance. It's amazing how time just flies when I'm sitting here talking to you about something. And we, we were thinking, I was thinking, I'll talk to you about something completely different. And, uh, when you, when you got into this and you were talking about it, I thought I really loved, I really loved the explanation. I think it's very helpful for many of us that are facing like any kind of fear. And instead of being, looking at it and saying, Hey, it's a fear, looking at it as saying it's a prompt mm -hmm. changes the game. Yeah. Like you said too, it's the, it's the first step. It's not the alternate kind of bad thing that can happen. It's kind of the first thing that propels you into action. And sometimes you need a little bit of that, you know, kick in the pants to move forward. And like, I know I'm that type of way too. So it, again, it's not like fear is bad. Confidence is good. It's kind of this, it, they're all kind of blended together. You know, everyone uses different things to motivate them. And sometimes the thing that scares you the most is going to be the best thing for you to kind of push forward as well, because without that, you'll just kind of settle in that kind of mediocrity realm where everything's just kind of even. And nobody wants to be that. You want to be, Listen, you want to be, you don't want to fall something. back. You want to be something. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes along, it's, it's nature's way or whatever of like, just saying, you're not going to, we're not going to let you be something. You're going to be something. Yeah, that's, that's amazing, man. Thank you so much again. I appreciate you coming out. Thank you. I feel like even when you were talking about it earlier, the, this feeling that like, especially like, um, like high performing athletes, there is this feeling that you are ahead of the pack. Mm-hmm. And there is definitely a feeling when we start falling further and further back from the lead, we notice ourselves falling back into average and it is scary as hell because it's like my life is over. Like, what's the point of, what's the point of getting up in the morning anymore? If I can't be this, it might as well not happen. Mm -hmm. And then there's this new appreciation for, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't the why and the why changes. And we, you touched on that a little bit, um, but again, you go through it so quickly <laughs> that you're like, you know, like, uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, just, just appreciate the journey. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, wait a second. <laughs> Actually, it's not that quick for most people. Mm -hmm. For most people, I know for me, it's definitely it's been, you know, like, uh, like fight, fight, fight to stay in the game, fight to stay in the game. And it's like a fight to stay there, whereas... The, your, your your universe is trying to tell you there's something bigger let this go and I didn't want to let it go and I it wasn't until very recently that I started to let go that I'm not going to be the best at this I'm not going to beat this guy and my mind changed to something else happened like I actually started I remember like consciously like I would look at another dude who I'm playing against right usually younger and I'd be like I'm gonna show him that I still got this yeah and it gets worse man because you're like you fight you have to train so much harder mm -hmm. uh, you know like you know you're moving slower you know you're not as flexible and you find new ways to win that's cool but there comes a point it actually becomes like resentment right like I'm better than you here 
but you're winning, <laughs> right? And then it went from, you know what, man? How about you just celebrate this guy? Because <laughs> this guy's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to make something too, and he's at the beginning of something. You at least had that, right? Why are you trying to deny him that? Is I was like, why are you trying to deny him that? How about you help this guy? Yeah. And then I started going to actually helping these guys. And then I was like, and all of a sudden I became really good at being able to bring out, get them further along. And that I was like, oh, I'm good at that. <laughs> like I'm really good at that. And then it's like, wow, that's my bigger why. And, and, um, but it wasn't that easy, man. It was like, I want to stand on that stage. I want to win. And I just, I, I discovered something in that. Yeah. I mean, it's like the toughest thing to do sometimes is to be selfless. You know what I mean? Like everything is always about like wanting to figure out a way to be, you know, Come on, they're cheering for you, man. Be competitive. Right. Be yeah. Right. So to let go of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to not be it's a competitive and to, to try to turn that, com like that competitive edge into something else instead of just wanting to do the thing that you're doing. Like you said, like if you're playing in a sport against somebody like trying to turn that into, okay, I've had my time. How can I help them? And like be a resource. Like it sounds great, but like, it's so hard to do because there's always that one-to-one -one competition of, okay, but I'll be a resource after I beat them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me beat them. And then I'll show them how to do it instead of like, man, like, I don't want to just kind of lose this thing. So it, yeah, it's, it's tough to try to find that balance and be a helper before you've kind of established like, okay, but I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I think that's where it's like, that's what they talk about, like conquering. Like, what are you conquering? When you play that person, you beat them, you conquer them. But when you conquer yourself, that's the conquer, right? That's the, the, and I think that's what I've learned that before it was about conquering them, like beating somebody else. It was relative. Yeah to some other place you're first compared to second and third in this pool whereas now it became it's become i'm in i'm the only one in the pool there is nothing else i'm just it's me against me and hey i can still be competitive and i can compete all day long against myself now and i'm trying to like all i'm doing is instead of somebody else having to push me i'm pushing me and i was like wow that's that's the way, that's a great way for me to use this. Yeah. Uh, and I can use this in, in, you know, in so many, so many ways, but starting to understand what they mean by like conquering yourself. I was like, I never worried about conquering myself. I just worried about conquering everybody else. And then all of a sudden I was like, wow, what a, <laughs> uh, what a risky proposition that my value is based on relativity. And now it's not based on relativity. That's what I was going to say too, is like, that. that's the problem with making it about that is that there's always going to be another person, right? Yeah. And you, you never get to the end of that pool. It's not like yeah. there's a finite amount of challengers. Yeah. And then once you go through everybody, like you've done it, it's just a revolving door, never right? Stopped. So you have to, like you said, you have to kind of change, you know, the, the almost like criteria in which you're evaluating yourself, because yeah. if you're always eval evaluating yourself based off of like how you rank that compared to the next person. Yeah there's always going to be the next person. There's only one of you. So it's better to kind of look at your trajectory over the course of your own time yes. as opposed to compared to the next person because there's never going to stop being a next person. Changing the criteria. That's our next topic. There you go. What do you say? There you go. I'm, I'm here, man. All right. We're going to do this. What's that? Uh, I mean, it's happened to me in every sport I've played. So uh, it happened in soccer. 
It happened in basketball. It happened in uh, Taekwondo. Taekwondo, my gosh, was maybe the hardest one because um, when I was, what, uh, 18, uh, that, that, eight, that prime age, um, that's when I, I, you know, I mean, I wrote about this as well. Mastafara made us write uh, essays, right, yeah. as we got to, to different black belts tests. And that was when my first essay or my second essay was I wrote about how in Taekwondo, I rose, you know, to a, a level. I was going to tournaments. I wasn't going to tournaments the way he was. I, I wasn't putting in the time the way he was. I was putting, like, it, the time that I put in got me great results. Like, I would win, but local tournaments. He went to national, international tournaments. But when I won, I was like, wow, yeah, like, okay, I'm great. I never actually had the thought that he had, which is, was, what's after this? I was like, no, I'm great. I made that decision there. And then I didn't train more because I was playing other sports. I was like, no, I'm, I'm competing well there and there and there. So it happened in all of these sports. And um, and then what happened is life, <laughs> right? He's like, pay rent, raise kids, you know? So time went by, 20 years go by. And I send my son to Taekwondo because I'm like, hey, you should, you know, learn this. And I meet, um, Master Sum Mr. Sumase, I don't know if you ever met Mr. Sumase, but he was my instructor and he was training at Authentic. Mm -hmm. And one day, I didn't even know he was there. I came back to pick up Tariq and I was, I was early. So I heard that there was a class going on upstairs. So I just went to go check it out. I was like, what's going on there? Like, oh, it's an adult class. Mm -hmm. Let me just go see. I'm waiting. Who do I see? Mr. Sumase from 20 years ago. And that's what oh. brought me back. He's looking at me going, hey, hey, rah, rah, rah. he's like, get in here. I'm like, sir, I'm wearing a suit. He goes, well, then come tomorrow. And like the way he would talk is like, just put on any, I go, I don't have a, just put on anything. So I put on like just jogging pants, track pants and, and a shirt. And um, Master Tom was there who I used to train with back mm -hmm. in the day. Wow. Yeah. So somebody else who I know, who I trained with, who I competed with, and he's in there. And so Master Sumase starts giving us targets, like kick, target, kick, target, and I'm doing it. And I'm like loving it. And I feel the juice, right? And then I go home and I, as I got out of the car, I pulled something. I was like, oh, what was that? And that's when I was like, yeah, you're not the same guy. Yeah. This 20 years has passed. So Master Farah says to me, he goes, so you want to come back? And I was like, no, you know, I can't. I can't come back. I'm, it's like, no, I, I, I want to come back, but what's the point? I can't do what I was doing back then. So what's the point? So he's just come. And I go, okay, okay. I'm thinking about it. And he goes, we'll start you at black belt. And I'm like, no, there is no way you can start me at black belt. You got to start me at white. I got to do this all over again. He goes, no, no, no. We'll start you here. And that was scary for me because I was like, you're not a black belt. There's no way. Yeah. At least what I thought a black belt was. And he goes, we'll just fast track you. And you know, the, the way Master Farrell looks at things, is like, yes, it's not a problem. We'll just, you know, we'll do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. I worried. I worried. It's like, I got to do this right. I got to do this right. And I remember what I could do. And I knew that I couldn't Yeah. still. And I didn't even know if I could get back to that again. And, uh, and so for me, it was just that self-talk that I can't do this. I can't do this and the injuries and then and then i started 
getting my flexibility back. And and then I did something that I never thought I could do. And I have to thank Master Boz, Bozart for this. We were I was getting ready for a black belt test. And uh, my, my, my uh, you know, you have to do a break board breaks. So one of my board breaks, there has to be a power one, there has to be a combo one, and then there has to be a flying, a jumping one. So my jumping one was I was going to just, you know, jump over like, say, two people or three people. I was like keeping it conservative. I know I can do two people. And uh, she's like, she brings a chair. And she's like, here, just jump over this. And I was like, no. I can't, I can't jump over a chair. And she's like, so I remember that day till today where she's like, just jump over a chair. I, and then I, I did. And not only did I jump over the chair, I managed to do the, the break Mm -hmm. as well. And I was like, holy crap, I can actually do this again. And, um, so that was for second. And for third, I went for even more. It was like a person you know, and so I was like, oh my God, it can be done. But so for me, it was like not thinking I can and then being able to again. But then I'm like, now I'm like, no, I know. Sure. Like the body, the spring in the legs, it's just not the same no matter how, but I, I hired a trainer like in for my next test that I, I feel is coming up next. That to me is why I stay in there because it's not that I get better. It's not that I'm going further. It's that I'm actually getting weaker <laughs> right. and I'm learning to play with this. So it's not, it's new in the same place. Anyway, that's kind of like what it's been like. Yeah, no, it makes sense. But it is, it is scary all the same because you know, tick tock, tick tock. And you know, when they say, when you go over the hill, downhill goes faster <laughs> than uphill. It is so true. So now you're like speeding up the, the rate at which um, I'm not falling, but degrading the rate at which it, you know, it, it moves who I said, it's somebody else that I said after a certain age, it's like dog years. One year for you is actually 10 years. It's actually 10 years worth of degrading. It goes so fast stuff that you could do last year. You just like, forget it. You can't jump that high anymore. What do you do now? And me, my mind, I'm like, no, 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 no. I got to figure this out. Yeah. I got, I know I can do it. I, I just got to, I got to do these workouts. And if I do these workouts with these weights, I'll be able to do it. But there comes a point, you just can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And what are you then, you know? And uh, and so that's been like, for me, like the hardest, the hardest part on, on the athletic side, because I'm, I love it. And you know, amongst the older guys, this is nothing to brag about, but amongst the older guys, they're like, oh man, you're so fast. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it's because we're old. They, you it's know, relative. Uh, yeah, it's relative. Not against those guys, I'm not, you know. So even now we're playing in the over forty league, and the and you're like, oh well, this is just like, yeah, yeah. What is this? But it's it's letting go, and that for me is still something I got to work on. Just let go, let go, let go. And in letting go, it's not loss. In letting go, there's like gain, but that's a topic for another day. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk more. But you, you—that's what I love about like when I talk to him. I see what I could have been if I if I put in the time. So I love him. Like I talk to this guy. It's so like, uh, not not just. I don't want to use the word inspiring. I think it's more. Um, it's and and maybe admiration's 
not a, even a strong enough word for me to use with with Dylan. Like I admire so much um, at such a at such an uh, an age to you know a lot of people will say, oh, I accomplished that. So look at me now, and then they're done because I did that. I was like, hey, look, I won locally. I'm done. But he he you don't do that. You you keep going and you keep finding new <laughs> new challenges for yourself. Um, and you, you deliberately, intently look for something that puts you in the back of the pack because you want to see how to figure out moving forward. And you use the pack not for relativity, but you use the pack for your development is how I think you do it. You know, you're not using the pack. I was using the pack sometimes to be like, this is where I rank. Yeah. Whereas you're using it for, um, this is how I can develop. And there's a big difference in that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, a, it's a puzzle to kind of work through. You know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of like, I've, I've been getting into like the F1 shows, like on Netflix and everything too. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's fun to be the guy at the front all the time. But then there's also, you know, like those aren't the highlights. You know, the highlights are seeing the guy from the back, yeah. you know, find his way through the field and like, you know, overtake and whatever. And like, that's what people like to watch. Not the guy who's just in front doing laps around everybody too. So like- right. You know, there's a time to do that, but again, yeah. like the challenge is from figuring out the gaps in between and, yeah. you know, working through that field and, and whatever. But yeah, you know, if you're just sticking to the thing that like you're the best at, like you'll be great at that one thing, but then, you know, you just, you can't, again, close your eyes and pretend that there's not a million things that you're not good at. So yeah. might as well try your best to like develop those skills in, in other ways too. And like, you know, enjoy being like a white belt again in certain things. Yeah. Enjoy being a white belt. There's a line. <laughs> I, you know, like the, when the white belts come in, they're like, they should hear you say that. <laughs> Enjoy being a white. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget. They won't believe it. Yeah, they nobody would believe it, right? They won't believe it. They're like, nah, you're just you feeding me a line. White, but look at the time that you have right now to like look at all the growth potential you have, right? Yeah. How do you celebrate being a white belt? Nobody ever celebrates being a white belt, but that's a good point. Well, I hated that. Like when I was when I first started fighting, and people would tell me like, oh, you're so good. Like you just need more experience. Like I would lose something, and oh, you just you know you're good. You, you just need more experience. And for me, that was like. I hated hearing that because I'm like, well, what do I do about that? Like, I, you know, if you told me like my- my you can't get that now. Yeah, like if my if my back kick needed some work, like, okay, I can go to the gym and I can just drill it until I make it better, right? Like if my cardio was bad, I could like run or skip rope or whatever. What do you do when it's an experience thing? You know what yeah, I mean? So that used to do. piss me off because it's like, you just need more experience. Like that doesn't help me right now, right? So it's a patience thing too. So yeah, you can yes. tell all these white belts, hey, this is a great time. You're going to like- learn so much and you're going to enjoy learning and it's like yeah yeah like get me to where i want to be already and so it's just i don't think you could package it as you know you could you could package it like in the clearest like most beautiful way and i think it's never gonna kind of register until after the fact and then you look back on it it's kind of like a retrospective type of thing yeah i wonder about that that is true but i don't think we say that to white belts very much i don't think it would matter i don't think it would you don't think it would? No, I don't think, I don't think, I think there would probably be a few that kind of take that as a way to like judge themselves less for like not being where they want to be. But I don't think anyone would really sit there and go, I love being a white belt is okay, but I really want to be a yellow belt soon. Or I really want to like sure. get to that. What I mean by soon. that is that I know some, especially amongst the adults, the older students, because the struggle is so different. Yeah. Um, they, they don't learn, we don't learn as fast. Uh, we don't make the moves the same way. So for them, uh, someone someone saying to them that actually this here right now 
these are these are big big wins actually like when you get a lot more flexible the struggles passed this here the, there's there's a lot of win in this a lot of them um, because if we don't do that sometimes what happens is the morale level does drop and when the morale level can drop there there can also be a quit moment but if the person realizes before that moment that oh, hold on a second there's a lot of advantage in this place that there is something to be said about your 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 actively thinking that's growth right that's a black belt moment actually yeah. that right you know what i'm saying like you're mm-hmm. getting better that's a win so it's taking longer so what yeah um you will remember these days remember remember when you struggled with this pattern remember when you remember when yellow belt was a big deal to you like you learn to appreciate things yeah um so i think i, I mean maybe the kids not so much uh, but the, definitely the the adult athletes or people who are starting like a lot of people I, like i talk to they i start out um i was talking to a parent just the other day and he says yeah i don't know for me it might be too late that's exactly the thought for me it might be too late to start and they never they never even walk through that door yeah get, oh my god this entire parallel universe is waiting and they're just yeah it's too late for me so they quit before they start because nobody said to them that have you ever realized that the navigating as you move through is the fun part yeah going from the back of the pack through the pack oh yeah that could be fun there's a reason to do it it's motivation yeah yeah no i agree i think it's something that as you get older you kind of appreciate more because yeah. maybe you haven't had that experience in sport but like other things it's yeah. like you know being a student was tough but then you look back and like okay but those were the fun parts right so you can kind of like think back to that i think when you're doing it for the first time when sure. you're like a kid yeah. early teenager or whatever I, I just don't think you have enough like life experience to be able to and again this isn't everybody it's but true, i think though. generally i agree you can appreciate it more when you've at least seen it play out in other ways like for me like i made a point to myself and i haven't always kind of stuck to it, but i've tried is like when i first started to get into business i'm like i'm gonna try to appreciate all the small wins a little bit more because i never gave myself the space to do that when i was competing like i was always about the next thing okay i won this thing but that wasn't good enough like there's more to it i don't want to settle and like i i didn't really kind of take in my accomplishments till at the very end whereas i probably could have enjoyed the process a little bit more if i had just kind of given myself those pats on the back along the way and that kind of using that experience from something totally different kind of led into the insights of okay this time I want to try to do what I didn't do, which is appreciate some of those smaller wins. But again, if I hadn't experienced it the first time, if you had just told me, hey man, in business, you're going to have highs and lows, like, you know, even the lows are good. I'd be like, okay, like yeah. easy for you to say, you're you're through it now. How do I know I'm going to get there? So right. a lot of like exactly intuition that comes from doing it the first time and going through that journey to kind of trust yourself again. But it's tough to be like on your first time doing something, having those like wise thoughts come in and fully believing them because there's always going to be a part of like well easy for you to say my story is different and like that's why i think you just kind of learn the most from yourself so if, if whether it's in sport or life or business or relationships whatever like if you can find a pathway in which you started somewhere and you ended in a better place like just use that as the proof that you need i almost don't want to stop recording singing with this guy eh? how much time do we, are we okay like i think we we Oh, they did. Oh, okay. So we've got more time. How are you doing? I'm good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. How are yeah, you guys yeah. doing for time? 
we have, we have, a, we have a bit more. Yeah, I'm just going to check with uh, with Master Pharaoh. I was supposed to meet him. Yeah. He'll talk to me, think. You, you get to the to get uh, so both called then. Yeah. Bad idea. We get both to anything. I think I'm going to get it. Because like, when we get older, like, you don't want to go through that. Back. Totally. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it is um, it is true, like, um, to, to actually intently, intently seek, like, deliberately seek out opportunities. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. I've actually found myself saying that to people. So people like, oh, let me let me show you how this works. I'm like, I actually don't. I don't want to know how yeah. it works. <laughs> Can you just like, I don't want to sit there and fail on this thing and take forever. Can you just do it? Um, so, so like a hundred percent. But I think there's there's something to be said for, you know, constantly like, okay, for those who go out there to seek these moments, like you sought it out. You're like, okay, I want a different kind of challenge, right? Like, I feel like I'm plateauing, right? But that doesn't happen most of the times. Most of the times, I think, like, you got to the top, right, of a certain point. Most people don't get to the top. So, you know, so you were like, okay, so what else is there? But most people, um, I feel, because they, they, they're constantly struggling to get to that top, and that top, is relative to others. It's not their own journey. They're 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 playing against others. They're not really even playing against themselves. So they constantly find themselves in this rut, right? Like they're grinding. I'm like, what are you grinding? Who are you who are you comparing yourself to, right? But they're they're grinding. So they never feel like they get to the top. And I when I talk to the guys who get to the top, quite often, they're not even competing against the others either. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like. You know, like you, you weren't often, I don't, I don't recall you often saying to yourself, you know, I want to be better than get that guy. You were just concentrating on yourself. It was always your game. The guys that get to the top usually sound like that. And the people that struggle to get to the top usually don't say that. They're usually judging themselves. uh, They're comparing themselves to others. And so, so right there, that, that criteria that you talked about is what, ultimately shifts now because of that you go to uh you you go seeking out these other opportunities that make you better whereas they are sitting there not appreciating if they could just appreciate that this moment right here this is my win but you call it a small win that's my only exception that i take i don't think those are small wins i think those wins are pivotal wins like they are those are the wins that um you know it's like when you see uh are we watching a basketball game and um uh, somebody misses the last shot and loses the game right uh, and, and people look at that oh they missed the last shot that could have won the game i'm like that's not where the game was won and lost there was a hundred other shots that were taken before that that were why did they take that low percentage shot like they turned the ball over here. Like I look at all of that mm. and I go, wait a second. That game did not depend on the last shot. That game depended on all the shots, right? So wh- so sometimes they made it, sometimes they didn't. But I look at all the shots and I'm like, there are shots being taken constantly in our 
in our day, right? In the tournament. And that those shots could have gone either way. Yeah. But that one that you, like yesterday I was training, not yesterday, Monday I was training with, with the kid, like the class. And there was this, you know, we were running, we were doing sprints. And we, we had four lines. The, 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 the student in front of me, we were, I trained with them. So the student in front of me was running against three other kids and he was faster than the three other kids. So he wasn't running as hard on the sprint. Mm -hmm. He was like literally jogging, but he was still ahead of them. And I could tell he wasn't really exerting himself. And I was like, dude, uh, it doesn't matter how fast the other three are. You gotta run your hardest. That's the purpose of the exercise. And there's something I've heard recently said that really stuck with me that said, you can't change your future. You can change your habits and your habits change your future. You know what I mean? Change your habits changes your future. You're mm -hmm. talking about changing the criteria. Yeah. A lot of people get hung up on like that goal, that first place. And it's like, hold on a second. Uh, no, actually, that's just like the last thing that happens. Yeah. The winds are here. Do you feel that? Like, do you, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things that you said that were interesting. I mean, even going back to the whole basketball analogy, you said, you know, it's not, it's not won and lost here, right? I think the bigger thing that needs to be thought of too is like, usually the evaluation goes in after the loss, right? Yeah. People are a lot quicker to, you know, deep dive into film and whatever after a loss happens, or if you like make a strategic error, really go back in the drawing board, like, let's say this happened. Whereas when things like perceived wins happen, it's less about that, it's more about let's celebrate, you know? Yes. But like you said, what if that game winning shot went in, right? Let's look at it from the other perspective. Game winning shot went in, great, everybody's celebrating. But now all those little micro things that did go wrong that had to leave it up to one shot to decide it, you're not really even getting to the bottom of because you're all in like kind of the celebration mode that you're not evaluating. So like, I think that's a whole other thing too, is it's like you always want to be evaluating no matter what mm. and not have that in relation to whether things are going well or not well, because you could have a huge streak of things seemingly going well, but there could be things behind the scenes that could be fixed and improved on. But if you're just kind of celebrating it because things are great, there's going to be a time where it's not. And if you had gone back and evaluated, you would have known that by now, right? So there's like a tendency yeah. to like celebrate and like look at the highlights when you win. Like I remember I would love to like, if I want to fight, like watch the highlights over and over again. Yeah, but it's like by me only watching the highlights, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm leaving myself vulnerable now because I'm not watching all of the things that weren't highlights that still could be fixed. Whereas if I lost, that's when I would go deep into film and I would spend hours like breaking it down and looking at it. When did I do this? When did I make this motion? Should I fake? Should I move right or left? Like going way deep into that rabbit hole during a loss, whereas a win, it's like, okay, let's look at the highlights again. But there's so much still to, to be seen. So I think that's also kind of a, a framework too, is it's like people are a lot quicker to evaluate when things go wrong because it makes sense to, but we kind of should use that same standard even when things are going right, because there's always little things to, to make improvements on. So that's the, you talked about putting in the reps, mm -hmm. right? Just a lot of repping. And we talk about habit building, you know, and that's what they say, like successful people have success, success habits, right? So success habits, you, you have a, you have a great success habit of, for example, constantly, you know, looking at ways for, um, learning and developing and you, you, you intently put yourself into these situations where, oh, I got to develop because 
I'm back here now. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you'll find, you find ways to do that. But, you know, um, it's like sometimes um, I find myself, I don't know if you found this as well, like I'll play some team sports. Um, and I'll, I'll, you notice like in, in a game, when a, when a team is down with two minutes left, all of a sudden, oh yeah, the intensity level, well, even as an athlete, you're down to like the last 30 seconds, you're down by two points. All of a sudden you start, you raise the game something happens you're like that's why i always say like i say mk play like you're down one i like i always say i'm best when i'm down one like even when i'm up two i'm like i'm down one i'm down one i'm down one because i never want to lose that you know that that intensity so i'm like until it's over then okay but uh i feel like i, I look at people generally and i go why is it that you gotta wait until you're down Mm -hmm. like you just said why don't I just bring the game play every minute like it's your last minute and if we play every minute like it's our last minute we'll summon the energy we'll summon the will like you're down too it's the end of the game tell me are you not your most tired self at that point you are but you found it you dug you found it it's just like that you go you you, you will it right they will it well, why don't you just will it all the time yeah or I'll see somebody like running at a ball and he's kind of jogging and I'm like, and then, and then the opponent starts coming closer to the ball. Yeah. And then they, yeah, and then because, they go yeah. and then they start sprinting and then they miss it by half a step. And I'm like, how about you sprint first jog later? And I, like, I would notice, like, I would get like really, um, mm -hmm. yeah, harsh, right. I would be harsh. And I'd be like, well, and then, and then and not only would I say to go, this, this is why you have the life that you have. This explains your life. And you know, I'd be like, and and I'm like, go easy, go easy. Um, but I was like, yeah, th that's that's your microcosm of why you feel like you're average. You're not average. Yeah. You're playing average. <laughs> like you 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 stop playing average. Then mm -hmm. uh, I know somebody once came to me once and said the same thing. So like, you just gotta s swing harder. And I'm like, what do you mean swing harder? Just swing harder. Okay, yeah. Like it just it wasn't a matter of. You don't have the circumstance. You don't have the power. You don't have the speed. You have it. Just stop settling. Like, yeah. you know, like, and we, we, why, why does that happen? It's hard to ask you that because you're not like that. But, you, you know, you ever see that in people that you try to bring that out of them? Yeah. I think, what is it? Why it comes down to like just the simplest of questions of, you can either be proactive or reactive. That's it. Mm. Right. Like you said, when you're jogging to, to the ball and then someone catches up and that makes you speed up, you're reacting to that person. Right. If you're always, and, and this isn't just in sport, it's, it's, there's layers to it, right? There's like on a personal level and interpersonal yeah. level, like just in life itself. Like if you're always going to be reacting, you're always putting yourself kind of not in the driver's seat, you're in the passenger seat because you're just reacting mm. to what's given to you. Right. You yeah. know, something happens in your day it messes you up. Okay, well, if I'm now frustrated and my whole day's ruined because something got canceled, I'm, I'm reacting to the situation instead of being proactive and saying, well, here's what else I can do, right? Like you said, when you're doing your sprints, just because you're faster than the, than the person beside you, it doesn't mean that you can now relative to them do just enough to get by because now I'm reacting, right? It's about being proactive and just bringing your best to the table despite whatever's going on and then using that as the benchmark. It's the same thing with like, confidence right do you do you go in and do you just react and say well based off the game i'm playing my confidence can be high or low right at halftime my confidence is dependent on how many points i have or 
What if you flip it and you say, well, if I'm confident first and I bring confidence with me and I have good body language and I'm communicating well and I'm, and I'm acting the part and being confident first and I'm proactive about that, well, my play could in theory then react to that and I'll do better, right? So I think really like that point you're making really just gets summed up into you can be proactive, you can be reactive, both are fine, but one of them is going to get you a lot closer to where you want to be. I, I love that. Would you, you said, do you want to be a passenger or do you want to drive? Mm -hmm. If it's your car, if it's your destination, would you rather be a passenger? You're going to, yeah. How are you going to get there? You're going to get there by being a passenger. You're going to get there by driving. Um, I think that's really good to, 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 for people to realize that, you know, they say like, take the, you know, take control of it, be proactive and, and drive. (laughs) Drive your drive your life, man. Yeah. Instead of letting it let, being a passenger in your, I think that's it. Like people give up that 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 call it power, or they they you know they just sort of like ah they're better than me, you know. Like and like to your point, like well, what good's that gonna do you, right? So how are you gonna be able to move yourself forward? And like you say, if you stay here, if you try, you may fail. But if you stay here, you you're failing already. Yeah. So at least you know. But that's 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 the other thing I notice sometimes is like uh, again I'll, I'll use this in soccer because I hear this sometimes is like oh man it's it's cold or it's raining and yeah they can dude that weather that's for us is the same weather that's for them yeah <laughs> like we're all it's all it's cold for everybody it's raining for everybody so the one who wins is you know forget the weather just play the game yep um, but we get caught up in the circumstances and then how it's unfair or how you know like the circumstances mm-hmm. and and we 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 put we put we we use the circumstances as the like it's almost like you, we're setting up our excuses yeah do you feel that mm-hmm. um, it's easy yeah it's easy to go into the whole like but you, you kind of like set the tone you know you set that you set the foundation so that if you know it doesn't go my way. I, I can say this. You yeah. Know, like, ah, you know, I got a reason. I got yeah. Oh, you know, I forgot my, my, my real shoes in the back. So I'm, I'm wearing, you know, my, my beat up ones today. You know, I, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if I'll be as, as quick or like my grip on this turf isn't as good as usual. So you're, you're kind of setting yourself up so that if it goes wrong, yeah, you've already, everybody already knows, right. Or it's like, you know, I see it all the time. I'm trying to think of another example, but people walk in, right. And they're like, oh, you know, it's, They'll just they'll just open it with something like that. Yeah, right? they're just opening it with yeah, like they're leaving the door open. Oh, last night I went to sleep at like yeah, and it's just like sleep. again, you, I got no sleep thing. last night. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a safety thing. So that you know, is it a safety thing? I think, do you think so. that that actually helps them though, or do you think that that's just already setting themselves up for like an expectation of failure? It's a good question. Yeah, I think it's perceived as a safety thing, but as a byproduct of that, you're not setting the right tone for something to go in your favor if you're already walking in saying okay but yeah right this could happen it's like yeah it could happen i've got my excuses ready exactly exactly and then does does a winner come in with excuses like ready come on how do you what are you telling yourself at that point yeah when you look at like champions at a high level you you always hear those stories afterwards not before right like I'll, i'll watch ufc sometimes and i'll see like you know big title defense and they'll win and then you'll hear afterwards you know they had to spend you know last night in the ER because of something or they, you know, they, they broke their wrist two weeks ago yes. and you hear it afterwards. Yeah, they have it too. Yeah. But 
it's not they could have easily said you know before the fight in some of the interviews you know i'm, I'm recovering you know i, I kind of you know yeah. I, I i pulled my hamstring last month i'm, I'm yeah. slowly getting back into it and then from there you're kind of setting the tone like okay if i lose that's why yeah. right so when you look at people at a high level yeah. all that information comes out afterwards you you would look at them you'd think everything was perfect but you don't know behind the scenes how much of a mess is going that on happens and that happens in in life too like yeah. you know people are like oh well you know that kid oh they that that guy has comes from money exactly they had yeah. money they had this they had this i don't have this i don't have this i don't have that and it's those are i don't know kind of excuses mm -hmm. you know um and uh you know what, what do you what do you say to somebody because they're like well you know they it's almost like they it's like almost like they looked at the whole formula already and they figured out the balance to it yeah and they figured that where they are now that's the formula that explains where they are now yeah and instead of looking at it and saying hold on a second this this formula doesn't balance because my ex does not fit into this result. Mm -hmm. It does, 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 does not fit here. But what we do, I think sometimes is by coming up with those excuses is we make that formula make sense now. Yeah. Oh, I lost because instead of saying, you know, hold on a second. In spite of that, I, I, st I still don't belong here. I could, I could. I yeah. should, I ought to, I have it in me. Um, I see things in formulas like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like all these, all these things that we talk about are variables in the formula. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that. Like to me, in my mind, it's a way to kind of keep it, uh, to be able to then use that in different scenarios, whether it's sports, whether it's business, whether it's anything. It's like, hold on, here are the variables. But what then I realize is like, and, and you know, this could be A, this could be B, but this, so that this, when A is this, then my X has to be this. Yeah. So I, like when I'm talking to like my leaders, I, I sort of say to them, I go, what X do you have to be for this to equal what you want? Yeah. Not what it is now. So if it equals right now one, what X do you have to be yeah. to make it equal to? The circumstances are what they are. What are you going to change inside of you that you control mm. to be able to change the what's on the other side of that equal side. You're on this side of the equal side. And we use these excuses or these variables to explain why what's on the other side of that equal sign is what it is. But what we're failing at that moment to realize is, hold on a second, I can change what I am. You talk about the criteria. Mm -hmm. I can change my X to change what happens on the other side. Yeah. Even if all of these excuses were there, even if all of these other variables were the same or worse, and and then I guess the question is like, you know, how they get to see themselves as changing that that criteria. Yeah, changing the criteria in 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 the middle of a game, in the middle of the fight. Yeah, you ever had to do that? Like you go in there with a plan, it's not working. You quickly, then and there, have to say change the criteria. Yeah, you ever had that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, for sure. really, for sure. Like yeah, when? Yeah. Like it's happened. Now on the next episode. Oh, on the next episode, we're going to tell that. Yeah. Changing the criteria midway. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. No, sorry. I'm just, I'm, Let's yeah, Master Fair has been texting me. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry. I think we've got. I want to stand 